nobody believes in me. I believe in myself. Well, I have to tell the idea inside that, yes, you got that. And I need to tell my mom and show my mom that, you know what? You're wrong. You're supporting me. This is what I really love. And I need to prove a point to the society that it's okay for a woman to be whatever they want to be. I see the walls before me. I feel the cages forming. Seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head off the ground. I see the world before me. I know what change is coming. I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head off the ground. We break into everything. We break into Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. We break into Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Donkor. Today we have our Barrier Breaker of the Month of February 2023. She's none other than an amazing Ida Fowl, all the way from the Gambia. And she's been doing such an amazing job. I don't even want to delve into the story. Like, <laughs> Ida, please introduce yourself. Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me. I am Ida Fowl. I'm an automotive engineer from the Gambia, the smiling coast of Africa. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the podcast. We are so grateful that you are here. I was crumbling through and trying to look for Barabric of the month of February. I had someone already in mind and then just having conversations with one of my friends and she was like, oh, I mean, she just brought you up and I was like, oh, that's nice. I've never heard of her. And she sent me a link and then I was reading your story. I was like, oh my goodness, this you are doing great. And I started seeing some of the things that you are doing in Gambia. And I was like, wow. Because I was having a conversation with one of our team members. We we're trying to work on this project. And she was like, female mechanic. And I was like, yeah, there's one in Gambia. She was like, no way. <laughs> she was like, no. I was like, yeah, there's one. I sent her your link. And she was like, wow. Yeah, let's just dive into your story. Like, what made you go into being a female mechanic? Also, engineer. Oh, yeah. The question that everybody asks me <laughs> every time. <laughs> well, I can say one, it's my passion for it. Second, the journey started long ago. So I see him, a business mm -hmm. study, and I major in business law. Mm -hmm. So upon graduation, you know, everybody, the hype of having a high heel job, shoe, a white collar job, and all that hype. So I was also part of that hype to get a walk, you know, to wear high heels, being jeans, you know, and all that. So then I sent my applications in a couple of places for that as an intern and then go and start employment, yeah, a job. 
So then I have a couple of interviews here and there. And then the hunt for job wasn't easy on my side. It was really, really, really difficult and challenging. Then I was like, okay, forget about it. I need to figure something out. So in the environment where I grew up also had contributed greatly on my career part. So I grew up in Latter Kunda Sabiji at the Park of Fairite. That is the center for spare parts in the oh. Gambia. Yeah. So as a young girl, you know, growing up with all those, I was curious from the start. You see, we see vehicles every day. Mm-hmm. And I see just small components from the vehicles. So I was very curious. So I want to know what is this? How does this work and stuff? Mm-hmm. So then I remember in my family, the family that I come from, it's basically a family of, you know, doctors, nurses, bankers. There was nothing like being a mechanic or being something else. And in society also, it's like, no, no, no. When I was started, it was like strictly, this is for boys. This is for men. This is not a career path for a woman. And this is for you. So there was segmentation. What a girl should do and can do and what a boy should do and can do. So I got caught up in between the two. So there was this lady. I call her Auntie Isato. So she was doing spare parts. And her shop was close to my house. So every day I see this woman, you know, with uh, containers of spare parts, handling it, being a supplier. I admired this lady. I loved what she was doing. And I was like, okay, let me do this. Let me start doing the business. So since when I was in school, everybody knows me as the business woman. (laughs) (laughs) How old were you then when you started? I started selling spare parts when I was like, 1516. Oh, wow. Before you even continue, I just wanted to ask, is it that one of your family members, like your uncles or your dad or brothers were into that spare parts business or mechanic? Were they mechanics? Nobody in my family. In fact, it's like a taboo. I'm the first person to do it. Wow. So then I start seeing myself into it. And I said, okay, you know what? I had to go and learn this. As a woman... I need to have a career in this, not just sell it, not just do it, but have papers for it. Yeah. Then I start telling my friends, before I start telling my mom, then I start telling my friends that I want to be a mechanic. And basically, they just look at me and laugh. They were like, Aida, you're so small. Look at your body size. Look at your hands are so tiny. There's no way you can do this. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. So at first, nobody believes in me because they think it was a big joke and I just can't. So everybody was like, no, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. I was like, okay. Then I start searching for schools on how to do this, where to do the mechanic and stuff. Right. So I remember I talked to my friend, Mamudu. I was like, he has a friend who's working in Joshua in mm-hmm. that one Lebanese garage. Mm-hmm. I said, can you tell your friend that I want to go to the garage? He just looked at me and laughed, obviously. So then he told the friend and the friend took me to the Lebanese man. I call him Baba Ali. And Ali just looked at me like, hmm, you want to come here? I said, yes. So there is nothing you want to do unless being a mechanic. I said, yes. Mm-hmm. And then he said, for now, you're going to clean all the tools 
and clean the garage until I am sure that this is what you really want to do. I'm like, okay, I will start with that. So now my friends were confused and everybody else were confused because it's like when I was in school, I was this type of the party type, you know. Right. The high heel type, the makeup type, all that fashion, fashion type. So now you see that when with this one, it's a whole different. It's like from A to Z. So people were actually so confused. They're like, you are sick. Something is wrong with you. Then, but whatever people were saying, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But my biggest challenge was my mom. So I had to fight with my mom so many times. So for her, she thought, no, this is a taboo. She had paid so much for my education mm-hmm. and she just wanted me to be a banker because that was her dream for me. But it wasn't my dream personally. So I was like, man, no, mom, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do this. All I need is the support. But as the way society judge it, so my mom was so much not into it because people, I remember people would go to her and tell her that your daughter will not make it in life. She will never progress. You know, she will not make it. She will not be somebody great. She will not be nobody. She's just going to put you into shame because you see, this is a work for a dropout. This is a job for men. This is not for a job for a woman. So she might not even have a husband and all that. So my mom took that so personally. So my mom was so emotional. She, I remember my mom used to cry a lot about that. She, every time, has to remind me, anytime she shows me wearing my overall, going to school or going to the garage, she would just sit at the corner and start telling me that everybody say, this is not a career for a woman. You're not going to make nothing from it. You're just going to disturb yourself, leave this, go and get a job. Because that was how the society was judging it. So then I remember some of my friends, their parents stopped them from being my friend because I chose to be a mechanic. Wow. And yeah, so I remember when I was walking, like I went to from Ali, when Ali, the Lebanese man, see that I'm serious. There's something really what I want. I don't care. At Joseph, they all call me Aida. I don't care. I wear my overall. I go to the shops. I buy spare parts. I come back. I clean the garage. I clean the tools because this is my passion. This was something I really love doing. I don't get bored doing it. Was this at the age of 15 or was this after high no, school? No, 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 no. This was after high school. It was after my program, after even college, after me being at business training center. So this was way in 2016. I just wanted to ask, the only reason why I was asking is like, where did you find that courage to stand for yourself? Because, you know, this is Africa we're talking about and people's words. I mean, imagine your mom crying, (laughs) you know, and all the people around you are not for what you want to do. How did you find that courage to stand and say, this is what I want? Okay. I think when I first find the courage was when I start sending my applications to companies for unemployment Mm. and I remember most of the interviews that I had they will tell me that you have this job no doubt you can even start right away but there are conditions attached to that Mm. we all know 
there's always those conditions applied to that. When I was growing up, I had this mentality that I want to be like my own boss. And some there are certain things that are been against my values as a person. They're against my principle as a woman. So because of that, I think I pick up that bravery that if I could say no, and if I could start my ground, that I had to figure out something that is going to give me the power. I have to figure out an inspiration, something that is going to motivate me, something that's going to be my inspiration. So I was like, okay, since I know this part is not for me, I had to figure out where it is. That is going back to myself. I remember I seated in the house for whole one year, not doing nothing. And my mom and people around me were judging me like, she doesn't know what she wants. She is just there. Like my mom is a single mom. I know how my mom works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like late night at the pharmacy to make an unliving, to just come and pay my school fees and all that. Mm-hmm. So nobody was there to tell me how my mom struggled. Yeah. Sometimes my mom would come back at home at by midnight and walk up again by 6 a.m. to go to work just to pay my fees, you know? So these are things that I grew up with. So if people were judging me and saying, look at her, after graduating, mm-hmm. she could go to work at this place and this place, but she's there for over an year. But that was me giving myself a break mm-hmm. to think, to really think about my life, to really think, okay, if this option is not for me, what are all the options that are available for me? In those options, what is my tip? And how will I start? Where will I start? Mm-hmm. And one thing is important, if you're doing anything in life that is not making you happy constantly, mm-hmm. forget about it. That yeah. is not your part. Yeah. So I realized that sitting at one place was not for me. It was even hard for me to sit in class, <laughs> a whole class. So just being in one place, doing something over and over again, is not my passion. Yeah, yeah. That was my mom's dream. That was all the people around me that was their dream for me. But personally, I see myself in the other direction. My dream was going out there, solving critical problems, talking to people every day, learning new things, meeting new people. That is my dream. That was something that I really wanted to do. So looking at this fair path, I see myself into it. One, I see that, oh my God, either you'd really like money. Mm-hmm. This, <laughs> it, this business is booming. It's making money. Yes, for the next few years, it's still going to be there. You just yeah. keep on upgrading yourself with it and yeah. be there. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. okay, this is what I really wanted. <laughs> so I start making research. So imagine. So I'm no more the idol that organizes school parties. Now I'm the idol who makes research, who wants to know, who wants to learn, you know? Because there was something in my mind that triggered, that changed my whole perspective about life, about myself as a human being. So I remember I, during that one year, I made so much research. I want to learn a lot. I involved myself in youth activities, a lot of them. You know, I remember I take online classes, online courses like crazy. Even some of it, now I'm needing it. Now I'm, sometimes I draw my own flyers. These are things that I do long time ago, but now I need them in my business. So then, then I realized something. In Africa, 
uh, back in 2017, I realized that most of us, the youth, as why there was so much unemployment rate is because most of us are eager to have white collar jobs. Yeah. We all want to sit in offices and nobody wants to be there on the ground. I was like, okay, I trust me, in the skill sector, that's where the deal is. That's where the money is. That's where the industry and that's how an economy can move. But that wasn't happening. It was a huge gap in it. And when I find out that, oh, uh, remember, like, I was so happy. I wanted to become a mechanic, a carpenter. I wanted to become a plumber. Anything that has to do with my hands, I wanted to do it at first. Then, but automotive was my dream. It was my passion. Mm -hmm. So that's how I started. I went to the school. I went to SIS TPC. That's where I did my training. Mm -hmm. I remember when I went there to pick a form, I met one of my instructors. Mm -hmm. And he just looked at me and smiled. He said, what are you doing here? Are you in the right place? I said, yes. So he said, I think you should be in the modern training center. I said, no, this is where I have to be. He was like, are you going to do a welding and publication? I said, no, I'm going to do auto mechanic. And then he paused and said, you are too cute and your hands are so small. I don't think you can do this job. So imagine having all those challenges at home yeah and now come to face somebody who should be your instructor and telling you that and then i just look at him and i love i said what's your name and then he said my name is major but i am mr imawel i said mr imawel i'm going to come here and i'm going to do very well and you're going to be so proud of me and that's what i do and he is my best friend wow <laughs> It's the boldness for me. Yes. Yeah, so, and now, questions. I have talked a lot. Let me just be quiet. No, no, no. I was enjoying the, this conversation. I was enjoying your story. I wanted to ask, did you find out about, how did you find out about TPS? The SOS? Yeah. Is it SOS or TPS? SOS, TPC. TPC, sorry. Production yeah. Training Center. So, what happened? The garage that I was in, Alice Garage, is opposite to GGTR. So I went to GGGI because I, when I was started, I was so into learning the practical aspect of everything, not just the theoretical part. And by then in GGGI, what they were doing focusing more is the theoretical part, not the real practical part. So then my mom had that adopted son. He was at SOS. So I was like, I didn't hire it had a mechanical center. Then he, he said, yes, a training center. So that's how I know, learn about SOS. And I went there, I see they're well equipped. They have all the equipments there. So that's how I enrolled there and then start my course. And yeah, that's was my starting point. That's very, very good. It's for me, it's just the way everything aligned for you. Because I realized that if you go and start looking for something, you definitely find it. And you having that research being worked out, you know, researching, trying to find out information more about this automotive business is you getting to that place where you need to be. And then having the right people around you, you know, going to the garage to work there and realizing that this is what I really want. And I was like, I need to go to school for this. I need to go and do more about it. And the way God aligned things for you, you know, and then your adopted brother also being at that place. It's just for me, it's just everything being aligned for you. You just had to find it, you know, and then at the right time, you know, you're able to go to that school and train. That was really good. And I was going to say the time that you were planning parties and things, 
it's what has helped you do the research because I'm sure when you were planning the parties, you were doing research, <laughs> how to make this party bomb, you know? So those skills is what you transferred. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes when you people judge you about certain things or you look back in the day, actually, I was just writing, filling the form last night. And one of the questions was, why do you like accounting? I was filling a form from an accounting job. And I was like, what made you interested in this, in accounting or something? And I said, I was just writing and I remembered, I was like, come to think about it. I used to read books a lot when I was younger. I mean, I still read and I would read detective stories. So I'm more of a Hardy Boys person that would, I'll read Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew. And now one of my favorite is Jack Reacher and the more of Lee Child's book. And Lee Child talks about Jack Reacher a lot. And so it's more about investigating de- detective. And I was like, this is the reason why <laughs> I love numbers or audit because I do more of audit. And I was like, this is because back then I'm always reading about detective stuff, trying to find out who the killer is. Who stole this? Who, who did this? And if my books is not balanced, then I want to find out what happened. How, where did the two cents go? Where did it get lost? How did they get there? Or if I have to do an investigation about something or audit something, I'm looking at what are the things that went wrong? How did they get wrong? And I was like, these are the things that had been in me when I was younger. And now I'm realizing that, oh, this is how it has transpired and gotten me to where I am today. So sometimes the things that we do when we are younger, we never know how it's going to change our world. We never know how it's going to affect us in the future. And for you, it was that planning parties and <laughs> being the <laughs> one on top of things. So now you've been able to transfer those skills. That's really great. That's really great to know. I thought, you know, I was thinking that maybe somebody in your family was doing it. And, you know, that's why you thought of going into auto mechanic. But to find out that this is what you're, this has been a passion. You just fell in love with it. This is really great. You never know where your passion may come from. And it's very important to like go into what you love. And so I remember when we were talking the other day and you were like, when you were in school, you would skip classes to go and sell spare parts. Now, listen, guys, if you are listening and you're going to school, we're not advising that you leave school to go. No, 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 don't do it. Because like you will still need that education in wherever you are. Mm-hmm. I just want to know, like, how, like, how did you, I could never leave school to go and do something. My dad would kill me. <laughs> how did you do that? <laughs> so basically what happened was, I remember I tell people that this is my business. So obviously, so I had my Nigerian friends who will tell me, basically I'll go to them. I'll tell them that what is this part called? And they will tell me the name. And I will tell them, how much is it? And they will tell me. And I will say, if I sell it, how much is my profit? And they will, whatever you add on top of it, that is your profit. And they said, yes. I was like, oh, that's good business. And they were like, yeah. So then I will be on my phone. Sorry, Nigerian friends in school or they were mechanics? No, at the parker, the one that sells spare parts. I live in the parker. So all of my streets are spare parts shop everywhere in where I live. So I grew up with spare parts, you know, play with spare parts, do everything with spare parts. So I was inside the spare parts. <laughs> so I was like, okay, then I'll be on my phone. And I'll tell my friends to tell their fathers, tell their uncles, tell their relatives. 
that if they need a spare part, I can be there to supply it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so and somebody called me and told me they need a spare part. I was like, sir, can I have an excuse? And if the sir doesn't want me to have... In class? Yeah, so then I remember I would just tell the teacher, sir, can you excuse me? And then uh, when the sir said, yeah, no, or the madam, I would say, okay, now I want to use the bathroom. And then I was, they said, I know, either you can go. And then I'll go to the gate man and I'll say, you know, I have this business. So if I go, if I come, I'll give you some more. Then I'll go and sell. <laughs> and then, but actually, if I sell, I come back to the school. Yeah. And then I come back to the school and like, you were not here for an hour or something. It was like, I was in the bathroom. In the bathroom for an hour? Yes, I was there for an hour. <laughs> so that's where my business started. I, as a spare part dealer. Did the teachers know that you, that's what you were doing? Then later on, they got to know. And then, so when they know, then I was in a, I was in a bowl problem. That makes my whole business slow. Then I start, you know, selling during weekends. And I'll tell people that I can only deliver it on weekends so you can pick it up on weekends. So that's how I shift to be in the weekend. Now. So I remember during weekends, I used to be so busy and my mom would be chasing me. Can I ask more? You don't buy makeup again. And I'll be like, but how long is you? <laughs> They'll be like, you have to learn how to cook. I'll be like, don't worry. If I have a husband, he will learn how to cook. <laughs> how does your mom feel about you right now? Yeah, so in 2017, I was in SOS. So basically in the whole school, it was just two of us. Me and my colleague, Margaret. So there was this, uh, when I was in SOS, I was really serious. I remember in my department, nobody beats me. I was on top of my game because I wow. wanted to know. So I'm always constantly in studying, trying to be on top of my game because I had to prove, I had a point to prove. For myself, that nobody believes in me. I believe in myself. So I had to tell the idea inside that, yes, you got that. And I need to tell my mom and show my mom that, you know what, you're wrong. Just support me. This is what I really love. And I need to prove a point to the society that it's okay for a woman to be whatever they want to be. So then I remember when I was there, one fine morning, Miss Hailey just come and tell me that, Ida, we want you to represent the Gambia in the AU summit in Ethiopia. When that happened, I was like, really and then the lady just say yes and i was like no way i can't i was in my ear one so basically i didn't know, know much so i had to go with it was like a competition they were just looking for somebody to represent the whole gambia so and there was lecturers from gti from all the schools so i was the only one who was like a teenager and also a girl okay so then Miss Hyde told me, you know what? Don't worry, you got this. Mm. Just do what you have to do and you'll be there. And that's how I do it. And then the selection was made in Ethiopia. And yes, so that was me at first representing the whole nation in a STEM TV conference in Ethiopia at the EU headquarters. But then my mom didn't see it. Everybody saw me. <laughs> so I went and I come back. And that's how I start representing over I keep on going and representing come back you know one hours and all that then you know I have TV programs so much on the 
you know, on here and here doing my thing. So then my mom, whenever she's out, then people start saying it. I'm so proud of you. Salsa, she's doing great. Look at this. And then she start acknowledging that. And she would tell me that, you know, you're doing so great. I was like, seriously? <laughs> wow. I'm like, really, Ma? She was like, yes. And then I remember one day she was like, let me watch your overall. I said, you're going to watch my overall. She said, yes, you're doing so great. I'm so proud of you. I was like, wow. That was really nice hearing it from you. I can't. <laughs> Sometimes the word, the society and the world that we're leaving, I mean, it's slowly changing, but especially in community, it's it can be very slow. And so yeah. people tend to say a lot of things that, affects the way or the decisions that other people make and I guess that's what affected your mom then she just wanted the best for you really you know and also this idea that oh I'm the older one you have to listen to me you have to respect me and for your child to disregard you can be very annoying and very disrespectful I mean she must have felt hurt she must have felt like my child is not listening to me but hearing now probably the same people coming back and say your child is doing well you know, made her get her confidence back again. But I'm just glad that she's proud of you. The great thing is that you stood your ground, which is phenomenal. You just stood your ground the whole time. You know, that's really great of you to be able to do that. And I'm super proud of you. Like some of us could never stand our ground and say, you know, this is what we are going to do, you know, because at the end of the day, your parents is the one paying for you. <laughs> you know, even though your mom was still paying for you, but you stood your ground and said, this is what you want to do. When you went to the TPC, was your mom still paying for you or you paid for yourself? Uh, so when I was in TPC, I had this auntie, Hani Miss Bintu. She's in UK. She was the only one who to believe in me when nobody was in there. I remember she would call me and tell me that when my mom called her to lodge the complaint to her, uh, she called me. And then she was like, you know, in the whole family, I'm the only one who is your friend. I know, I know. Everybody said, you're the one who's called me. I say, I know. But this is something I really want to do. This might be, this is my goal. And I really want to achieve this. And I remember she telling me that, don't do it for anybody. Do it for yourself. Any support you need, I'm still going to be here. Despite everything that everybody keeps on saying about you, I believe in you. Yeah. So when she told me that, that means a lot. Yeah. So I remember my mom, my auntie would send my, when I was in TPC, so my auntie was paid. Mm-hmm. So my auntie would send the money for my mom to pay. And my mom would take it and go and buy a whole <laughs> plate of chicken. <laughs> no way. When my mom would eat the chicken and remind me that she's eating my full face chicken, that she is tired of paying for me because I didn't want to know what she wants me to do. And I was like, okay. And I remember I would call into and say, Ma, pay out of money. And then she was like, okay, let me send it to you. Then you had to go and get your ID. So I got my ID and then and she started sending it to me and then for me to pay for myself. And then that's why I never stopped my spare part business too, because I had to pay for all the bills. So I keep on on my spare part business. So wherever I am in life, I always tell her, thank you so much, Auntie Bintu. Yeah. Yeah, we want to say thank you, Auntie Bintu, because... If you have that one person that believes in you, that's what all you, you need to move on, to move forward. That's really, really great. I see that you are, you've been named Ambassador of African Union International Center for the Education 
of girls and women AU CIFA. Was it during the first time that you went there or? No, AU uh, CIFA had contributed greatly on my leadership growth and my personal growth and my career growth. I did the first organization ever to have given me a chance to actually prove myself and believe in myself. So they are there for girls and young women in STEM and education. So yeah, for all young girls who are listening to this podcast, wherever you are, check out AUCF at their website. They have great things for you. Mentorship, session, capacity building, programs and everything. So yes. So I had been working with them quite a very long time, since we are seventeen till now. We are working and I have been their ambassador representing them to promote and develop STEM careers in the Gambia and Africa at large. So yeah. now we are part of their ambassador to inspire and mentor other young girls. That's really good. That's really good. And also, I see that you also started your foundation, Clock Tivet Foundation. Yes. So I started Clock Tivet Foundation. So this was when I was growing in my career. I have no role models. I had nobody there to support me and give me a career guide and a support. Then I started it because I believe that no country can be developed without skillful youth. And we need that and we need to be inspired and inspire the younger generation. I remember when we were in school, everything you see in our textbooks have been, it's like you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer. All the smart people be on that field. And in this particular colleges, STEM colleges, they were left out, especially the new work. So then I founded this foundation to give that support. So currently we are training young girls on car electronics and dynastic sponsored by the u.s embassy banjo wow congratulations that's really good that's really good well done yeah so what lessons are you learning now i think just last week i was sharing this in the training that i was doing in the gambia tech project i told them that i started peter and i feel I started, I built, and I started, I built again. So I think one lesson that I learned throughout my career is believe in yourself. Yeah. No matter where you are, who you are, where you have, what you don't have, have a goal. And let the goal be achievable and put a time frame on that goal. Every day you woke up, think about the goal. And if nobody is there to support you, support yourself, lift yourself up. And then hustling, you will make it true. Yeah. So that one lesson I learned since I started my career up to now, I'm still learning it. That's good. Actually, the question I wanted to ask was, were you in commerce or in science in school? Actually, I was so good at science. And so I remember Mr. Climate will actually, after my checkpoint exams in country, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I was really good at science, right? Oh, nice. So I remember they were forcing me to do science all the time. And me, you know, me growing up, I was like, no, that's going to be so hectic. I don't have time to do all my business. So I had to go to do the commerce. So actually, I was in the commerce field. So I'm a cost to that. Oh, okay. 
I mean, but you're still doing business and science at the same time. I mean, yeah. So I am a commerce student. I can say a runaway. Yeah, I'm still in the business, but I like a runaway to be a banker to come to an engineering field. So I run away from science when I was in high school. So now look at me. I am in a science engineering field. So there is no way to run. <laughs> there is. There isn't. What advice have you got for young people out there that feel like life is hard? You know, I cannot break barriers. What advice can you give them? Well, I tell this to young people every time. If you sit there and say, I cannot do it, then you will never do it because everything is controlled by your brain. I believe that there is nothing anybody cannot do if you don't want to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. And there is no hard life, you know. So I was watching this TikTok video and I come across one young lady crying and saying that her African parents made her go through so many things by making her take care of her siblings. And I love. I said, now the trend is most of these young people give social media their whole life to parents and tell them what to do, which I think it's very, very, very wrong. Social media is a great tool, but the tool is you could use it to upgrade yourself. You know, add value to your life, but it's not a tool for you to use it to disrespect people and disrespect yourself. If you're using social media in that aspect, you have to stop it now as a young person. Yeah. And I tell them that it is no hard life if only you project it to be hard. Mm-hmm. When I was starting, I start from zero. Mm-hmm. I remember I used to tell these people, I have a son, by the way. I have a very beautiful son. He's so amazing and I love him so much. So last year, my birthday was June 8th. Last year on a June 8th, I don't even have money to buy a diaper for my baby. Just last year. And things were so hard that I remember I cry every time. But I didn't stop. I keep on pushing. I keep on writing projects. I keep on being there. I keep on talking to people, even though if I'm crying every day, I encourage people and leave them out. Yeah. And just one fine day, something just happened. There was just a magic and something just come to my life and changed my whole life for good. So there is no hard light and there is no way you cannot break no barrier. There is no barrier. If you think it's a barrier, then it's a barrier. If you don't think it's a barrier, then there is not and there will never be a barrier. So please, young people, get out of there. Find your passion. You cannot do nothing if you don't like what you're doing. Love yourself first. Believe in yourself. Have your passion. Go out there and change the game in a positive and respectful way. That is my advice. That's really good. So you want to tell us more about Fitafile Autos and what's new? Because I see you're doing amazing things in this new year. <laughs> Yeah, so Peter Paul Autos, it's a company, basically, if I tell people that I have this dream to digitalize the whole industry, the auto industry in the Gnab, you'll love it. But that is just what I'm doing. So basically, what we're doing, it's an e-commerce platform that if you have your vehicle, you can sell it in the platform. If you have a spare part, you can sell it. You can also connect with other auto mechanic technicians. So we provide mobile mechanic service that is become with you, service your car wherever you are and also we're using modern technologies to work on electronic cars so this is what fitafile is all about so we're here to change the narrative and change the auto industry in the gap yeah that's really really good and you just started last year 
Oh, yes. Wow. There you go. Wow. And you're already doing amazing things, like trying to digitalize. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. What makes you want to do that and not go the normal way? You, I'm somebody who really believes in innovation. Mm. Because if there is no innovation, we will not be here having this meeting. Somebody thought about it and created them for it. So we in Gambians, we know how this country is, right? Now, if you want a spare part, you have to go yourself look for it. If you need a car, you have to go yourself look for it. If you need a mechanic, you don't yeah. even know who to trust. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know who is qualified to work on your business. Yeah, this is the real telling. Yeah. And me that is in the industry, I know this is the problem. Not only my problem, but the whole problem of the Gambian community. It's an yeah. everyday thing that we live in. So somebody should be here, something to create something. So that's why I just come with the idea and said, okay, you know what? I'm not here against this people or this business. I'm here for all the businesses who are involved in the automotive industry. I'm here for the mechanics, I'm here for the car dealers, their partners, and car users themselves. So that was the goal, and that is what we're doing. And yes, there are bigger things on the way. That's good. I'm so proud of you. Well done. And this is, you know, it has not been an easy journey. It has its ups and downs. You shared your challenges. Were you ever afraid, though? Yes. Sometimes we all afraid, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I remember there are certain times I just sit back and look at myself and I was like, seriously, I didn't really want to continue this. Especially when I started my business once first upon the that time I failed. And then I lost all of my income. Like I was totally bankrupt. Mm. And I remember my mom was like, Do you still want to do this? Mm. Seriously, do you yeah. really still want to do this? And that was a question that got to me and I was still thinking. Yes, Aida, are you sure you're going to do this? Yeah. So I was a little bit scared and I was like, okay, if I have money, let me put it in something else. But then, this is what I tell you, passion is priceless. There is no money that is going to go on your passion and you regret it. So even if I have a billion dollars right now, I'm still mm -hmm. going to invest it in the auto industry yeah, because totally. it's my passion. That is where I feel myself. This is that gives me joy that nothing can beat it. So yes, I do get scared, but because of my passion, the scared sometimes is just goes away and then I'll become my own hero again in my own little. <laughs> That's good. That's really, really good. That's really good. I'm so proud of you. Where can people find you? Well, they can find me on our website. So it's www.pitafal.com, all the social media platforms. I am there. Mm -hmm. And yes, if you are in the Gambia, you can look at that at Sukuta. That's where we look at that at the Sukuta job and trust lights. What's your social media handle? It's let me say in Facebook, it's uh, Mechanic Woman, Instagram, Technician Woman, Twitter, Mechanic Technician Woman, and Instagram, it's either far also, but with Technician Woman, TikTok, it's Technician Woman. So everything is Technician Woman and Mechanic Woman, then you will find. Yeah, but I also see on Facebook you have feature file autos. So feature file, right? So like my personal social media outlets different from the business. The okay. business wherever you go, your staff will feature file autos in all social media platforms way there. Okay. And feature file is F I T A 
fall f-a-a-l yeah just want people to be able to find you that's really good that's really good thank you so much for coming on the podcast to share your story i am encouraged to learn more to grow because you know that's where the world is right now if you're not learning you're gonna get stuck so thank you so much for your story and you know keep doing what you do keep pushing i know i hear people say the sky is not your limit you can go beyond the skies beyond the skies Go, go and break, continue breaking barriers. Seven, seven stars. So you can go beyond the seven stars. <laughs> you can go beyond. <laughs> go and keep breaking barriers. I'm, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the BB Corner Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the Gambia, West Africa. Cause they can-